Here's the intro that Melissa Leung sent over. She's the author of Happy Go Money. It says, we all want to be happy and money can play an important role in helping us get more joy out of life. Money expert Melissa Leung, that's you, has written a new book called Happy Go Money. She's here to tell us how to get happier and wealthier in 2019. This this is all good stuff. This is all positive stuff because money freaks people out. Talking about money makes people uncomfortable often Uh, around this time of year. It is on everyone's mind. You've spent a load at Christmas time. You've, yep. you've, you know, you're thinking about your RSPs, all that sort of thing. Now, hopefully, hopefully you are. <laughs> and but, but it makes people feel uncomfortable. Nobody really wants to have serious conversations about money. Well, it's stressful. It can be overwhelming, and I think most of the conversations about money make you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to feel guilty, right? Everyone's just, you know, browbeating you, and all commercials say you should be saving more, and yeah. you feel. Like crap, right? So you do, and, I get it. And yeah, and for years, I just avoided those conversations. And when I would have, uh, you know, a with meeting, everyone, with, well, with most everyone, or I'd have a meeting in particular, I thought, okay, I've got to get a money manager. I've got to get okay. someone to 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 walk me through this. And honestly, it was like walking into a, a peanuts cartoon because whenever the adults in the room would start talking, all I heard was, "Well, it's nice to see you, Mister Krauss." You know, and because for me, the just the idea of it, and I also think that people get tired of being told, "Oh, you're not saving enough." Oh, why don't you say? But but there are a couple of harsh realities I think that you have to kind of get past, and and one of them is that saving is important, but it doesn't have to be onerous, right? I think people get stuck on what they shouldn't be doing versus thinking about money is just a tool. It's a tool for you to be happy. And how exactly are you using that tool for your life, right? I think taking a pause, 2019, new you, right? It's a new new start. And I think you should start by looking at, okay, well, what do I want in 2019 if it's to be happier and to have a better relationship with your money, then let's talk about it, which is what my book is about. And the book is called Happy Go Money. It's in stores right now. It is. And online and wherever Every, wherever it is that you can possibly <laughs> find a book, you'll be able to find this book. Uh, so let's, I mean, let's start sort of with the basic theme of the book. What is the connection between happiness and money? It kind of seems obvious to me on the very superficial level that the idea of, well, if I can sleep on 10,000, you know, thread count sheets, which are very expensive, I'm going to be happier. Is that, oh, are you get, revealing something about yourself? No, well, no yeah, like 10, I, yeah, that's right. But no, but if you, you know, if you surround yourself with creature comforts that money can buy, then yeah, maybe I'll be happier. But I, I that's, we'll get to that because money does not buy that kind of happiness. But there is a connection between happiness and money that goes beyond the superficial. Yes. I I mean, to be honest, we're all just trying to buy happiness. Isn't that what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Isn't that why we go to work? Isn't that why we play the lottery and spend money on our credit cards? And yes, there is a connection. Last year, the Purdue University put out a study that found that the magic number, I'm doing air quotes here, you can't see that on radio, but the magic (laughs) number is $95,000 U.S. per single family household. Right. That's how much you need to make to be completely satis- well, satisfied yeah. with life. Food on the table, enough yes. gas and for the car. Yes, assuming that you know right. you maybe you live in a bigger city and and you you want to make sure that you have the basic your basic yeah, yeah. needs met. Yeah, yeah. For day to day happiness, that that threshold is between sixty thousand and seventy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then you are happy. 
on a day-to-day basis. That's what you and I think of as, how do you feel right now? How do you feel tomorrow? Well, the interesting thing about that study was it found that people who made over over those thresholds, they actually experienced a decrease. And happiness. And, and why is that? I mean, I I have a feeling that I know why, but but what 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 did the study say? What did the study illuminate? I think there's, I mean, that part hasn't been studied thoroughly enough. Right. But the hypothesis is that once you make that amount of money, you may be well working more, mm-hmm. and you're spending less hours doing things that you enjoy, and you're spending less time with, re- with people, yeah, yeah. relationships, and relationships is a big part of your actual happiness, right? You are maybe commuting more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have you have more pressures, and you are also doing things that are. Uh, detrimental to your happiness, probably comparing yourself to other people, maybe competing with other individuals who are in higher income brackets. That makes people unhappy. So, Yeah, the only person in the world that doesn't have to do that is Jeff Bezos. Compare himself to someone in a higher, because there is no one in a higher income bracket. Well, the rest of us could compare <laughs> to him, but yeah. we'd all be lacking. And I think, honestly, when you compare yourself to anyone, you feel lacking, especially when you're online and social media, yeah. you're going through your feed and you're thinking everybody's living their best life. Yeah. And no, they're living a curated life. Yes. It's, a, it's yeah. fake. The internet yeah. lies. Lies. <laughs> so um, there are people out there listening right now that are saying, nonsense. I make $200,000 a year. I make a million dollars a year and I'm really super happy with that bottle of Vouv Clicquot and Grand Dame that I just cracked open for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> For breakfast, we need to be talking Winston about something Churchill. else. Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. That for breakfast. Winston Churchill drank a bottle of champagne at breakfast every day of his life. Oh, okay. Well, well I, you, you know, know hey, after a certain hey, I, I don't life. judge. You do you. What you need. <laughs> However, if you are, if you feel stressed about money, right. then maybe we should talk about that champagne that you're having in the mm, mornings. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the best use of your money? If it is, is it going to maximize the things that you really care about? So, are we suggesting then that if you are below this seventy thousand dollar basic? threshold or or 95,000 US. If you're below or above that that the stresses they're different but they come from the same place. You're worried about money on on either end. You're worried about after a certain point getting more or 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 not having it. I think that people have this false idea, and I I don't think I know based on the research, people have this idea that once you attain this magic number, whatever it is, whatever you have in your head Mm -hmm. that you think you need to make to be perfectly happy, it's it's actually inaccurate. So if I ask you right now, Richard, on a scale of one to 10, can I ask you? Sure. How happy are you on a scale of one to 10 right now? Uh, Right this second. Listen, I'll tell you. Money does not figure into uh, my level of happiness, but it took me a long time to figure that out. That's great. And and the thing that uh, made me sort of pushed me into the direction of understanding what happiness was and what I wanted to get out of my life was having cancer five years ago. And I, I got that. And up until that point, I had worked. 80 hours a week, and I had done all that stuff. I had been very aggressively and ambitiously pursuing uh, the career that I have and and doing well enough at it. Things were going well, and then that happened, and I realized, oh, this is the important stuff here. 
And and so that was the life epiphany there. And I will tell you that the worst thing that that ever happened to me personally, which was the cancer, uh, turned out in so many ways to be one of the best things that ever happened to me because it readjusted the way I think about virtually everything, money included. Right. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and uh, it's a, per, a personal um, hardship actually was the catalyst for this book, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll come back to it. But yeah, I did yeah. want to say. For individuals who may not have, um, you know, I don't think you need a uh, epiphany to yeah. to get to this realization because I think it's hard. I think you can have a life experience or an epiphany and still get wrapped up, you know, still yeah. get caught up and forget uh, perspective, right? And so, you know, studies show that whether you are, whether you're a high income earner or a middle income earner or whatever it is that you make, your scale, you rate your happiness from one to ten. And then you think about how much money you have have in the bank, how much money you have on your paycheck, and then rate your happiness now. Everybody rates their happiness, and then you think, okay, well, how much money, how much more money mm-hmm. do you need to be perfect? A perfect yeah. ten. And regardless of who they asked, the researchers found that people said two to three times. Everybody. Is that right? Everybody. So that means if you have a million you in the bank, three. you need three. And if and you if have three, you have three, nine. nine. Yeah. So it, it it never ends. It's like chasing the <laughs> rainbow. At the end of the rainbow, you find the pot of gold and you think, it's kind of small. <laughs> Let's look <laughs> it's for as more. Big, it's not as big as I thought it would be. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm speaking with uh, money or happy-go-money author Melissa Leung. Um, people tend to say, uh, listen, I'm not feeling great today. I'm going to go buy uh, a shirt. And I'm going to spend just a little bit more than maybe I I would normally have spent on it. It's retail therapy. I think everybody does it. Uh, But you you have some thoughts on this from the book. I think it's natural to... Okay. How do you how do we alleviate pain? Mm-hmm. So if you think about the last three, I would ask listeners to think about the last three unplanned purchases that they have made, and how they felt about it beforehand, and maybe how they felt afterwards. Did were you doing it because you didn't want to make somebody feel bad, or you were feeling bad? You had a long day at work. You right. deserve this, right? Or you're bored, or um, maybe you're feeling uh, everybody else is doing something great. I'm going to do this for myself. I deserve it. Then you're you're doing something to alleviate pain, mm-hmm. right? And that that's retail therapy um, or champagne in the morning, <laughs> whatever it is that you do, um, then the solution is not to have somebody say to you at the beginning of the year, you need a budget, you need yeah. to spend more. No, you need to look at the ways that you are uh, using your money. And if one of them is is in a response to stress, then maybe you should also deal with stress. Yeah, so figure out the root of of why you're doing it. Right, that's a lot harder though. I mean, yeah. the easy answer is here, save more money. Yeah. Which is not easy because then you won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's exactly. not the problem. Yeah, that's not the problem. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Happy Go Money author Melissa Leung. Uh, the book is available wherever you buy fine and probably not so fine books too, but this is a fine book. Uh, find it on amazon.ca brick-and-mortar bookstores all over the place. Uh, I want to talk about uh, a a number of things when we come back. You said there was a personal catalyst to get you to write this book. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit about perhaps the shift in this retail therapy idea that we've just touched on uh, with the internet because it's so much easier now uh, that 24 hours a day, if you have a dip, 
at 3 o'clock in the morning because you can't sleep, you can still go shopping. Stay with us. There's more when we come back. Welcome back. We all want to be happy. And what better way to be happy than having tons and tons and tons of money? That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about how to manage the money that you have uh, with an author of a new book. It's called Happy Go Money from ECW Press. You can find it on Amazon.ca, anywhere that you buy books. Look for this book. If you're wondering how to find the joy in your life and and not be freaked out by conversations about money. And the author is Melissa Leung. We're here uh, discussing this. We've talked about a lot of things. And when we left the conversation, we were talking about retail therapy. And this is something that a lot of people listening uh, will find eye level. I think everybody does it at some point. Uh, and, and my question to you would be about online shopping. And do you think it has made a difference? Because it used to be, if you wanted to do some retail therapy, you had to go to the store. So you put on your jacket. It's freezing cold out the day that we're taping this. You got to put on your jacket. You got to go to the store. You got to go through things. Now, if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning in the need of doing some retail shopping, it's a couple of clicks away. And I think that it, and, and the money seems abstract. Absolutely. Because you're not handing the cash over or right. whatever. So it must have made a difference. It has made a difference. Mm-hmm. And the retailers, uh, that's what they want. They call it frictionless transactions. Right. They want it just to be blink blink your eyes. Oh, look, I bought a robot vacuum. You know, <laughs> and, and that's what credit cards do, right? They basically remove the pain of spending. And right. everybody thinks, why would I want it to hurt when I spend? Well, you know, you worked really hard. You worked an hour for that 20 bucks and you want it to be gone in the blink yeah. of an eye. No, you, you need to, you need time for your brain to process. And so absolutely the Amazon one click buy yeah, button, yeah. your, your credit card information automatically in your phone. It makes our lives easier. It's convenient, but there always is a cost to convenience. And so, yeah, that makes it tough when you can just spend at all hours (laughs) of the day. And, and, you know, technology is making everything easier. You're, I don't want to cook today, just bring it to my house, you know? And so there's that too. Uh, And the interesting thing about, you know, behavioral psychology with regards to money is that your brain actually needs some time to process long-term right. ramifications of your actions, right? right? So if you just buy something on your credit card and it doesn't, you know, doesn't affect your day-to-day life yeah. in the moment, you need some time to be, you know, wait a minute, this means I'm going to be further in debt and I'm already in lots of de-. You know, yeah. you need to actually process that time. And so I often tell people, you know, if you feel like you know yourself, if you feel like you have a problem with, that three retail mm-hmm. therapy at 3 a.m. Yeah. I delete your credit card information from your phone. Right. It just takes some time for you yeah, to go downstairs in your gym jams yeah. Yeah. and dig out your credit card to, to input the numbers. But you need a little bit of time. Or if you buy something that's quite large, leave it in your shopping cart. Right. Come back 24 hours later and, and say, do you do we need that? Yeah. It's fine. Do or, I still want it? Yeah. Do I want it bad enough? Or the other thing to do, which I think is way easier, is to, uh, I'm not going to use the B word because it's going to freak people out, <laughs> but create some sort of spending plan. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that. Yep. Uh, where you allocate actually an amount of money to fund spending. Yep. So, hey, guess what? If there's money in your spending account, yeah, spend it at 3 a.m. on a pasta maker. I'm talking to my husband. An Instapot. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those. I actually regret buying that. But really, we'll I talk do, about am I the only person who regrets buying an Instapot? Maybe. 
Because I've heard nothing but good things. I know. Well, you know, it's one of those it, that I'm I'm human. I yeah. buy things that I regret too. Yeah. <laughs> And you talked about that the idea of spending 20 bucks on something. You had to work an hour for that. That is something that I don't know how many people kind of put two and two together and say, okay, well, the amount of labor that it took me to generate the money that I, I need to buy this thing. You just look at your bank account or not. You just figure, well, I've got the money. I can, I, I can afford this. But you, I saw a TED talk that you did or a, a talk that you did where you talk about that. You talk about working in retail and, and, and figuring, about, figuring out how the money that you were going to spend related back to the amount of effort that it took to get that money. I think once it's on your credit card and you're just tapping your money away, you lose perspective of right. how much... You know how how much went into that. Yeah. You know you're working OT. You're you're leaving your kids at home, and you're you're thinking I'm gonna you know I'm gonna you just just slog you know I'm gonna slog it out here, and then you're just gonna blow it in in two seconds. Yeah. And when I was younger, that's when I first learned the value of money. Like everybody, let's all just think about one of the very first jobs you had. And how fun it was to do that job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I worked at um, Taco Bell in a yeah. movie theater, I think, and I would stare at the clock. And I thought, okay, I just worked an hour. I made six bucks. Yeah. I don't know if that gives away. That was minimum wage at the time. I don't know if that gives away my age or whatever. But, okay, I made that six dollars. You know, back then, a CD was $20. Yeah. Okay, I have to work Four hours to right. get this CD. Yeah, for bus Is fare. And, and then right? buy a CD. Yeah, yeah I have to yeah, go yeah. to the mall. Is right. that worth it to me? And nowadays we just think, man, I'll just Uber it. Yeah. Just, just take an Uber. Did you just, are you Ubering from work where you just worked and then now you're going to spend half of it on a car ride? <laughs> And where did your sense of, of money come from? I'm speaking with Melissa Leung. She's the author of Happy Go Money in stores right now. Where did your sense of money come from? I think if you ask most people, where did you get your, um, where did your sense of money come from? Where, what is your relationship with money? Mm -hmm. Where did you learn that? They're going to say their family, yeah. their parents, right? And so that is also something to look into. I have a chapter in my book called Check Yourself Before You Wreck Your Wealth, <laughs> which is just talking about um, maybe the way that you approach money is, you know, not, not because you're, you know, people talk down about themselves. They think, oh, I'm so just, I'm just bad with money. I'm broke. But, you know, it's, you're a multifaceted person. You know, maybe you <laughs> learned some bad habits from your parents. Maybe yeah. you saw money's the root of all evil, as the quote goes. And, and so my parents were extremely, my mom was extremely frugal. Yeah. Uh, I'm very frank in the book about my experiences. I talk a lot about my personal experiences and she was, a little upset that I said she was quote unquote cheap. I didn't say you're cheap, mom. Yeah. I said you were, you were very uh, cautious. You were uh, <laughs> obsessed with deals. Um, and so I, I, I did grow up around that. My, my, both my parents are immigrants. So you have that, you know, scrimp and save and hard work mentality. It's interesting, and, and we're almost out of time for this segment. We'll come back to it and some of the personal stories that, that go into the book, Happy Go Money, from author Melissa Leung. But uh, I, I, I relate on, a, on one level in that my dad was also a frugal man, but it kind of pushed me to go the other Opposite. way. Yeah, oh, interesting. It, it drove me crazy. And so I thought, you know what? I'm not going to think in the same way. So when we come back, we'll talk more of the psychology of money with author Melissa Leung. Stay with us. Author Melissa Leung has a new book called Happy Go Money. You've written about 
money uh, for everyone, the financial post, uh, the, the Toronto Star you worked, you, you've, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been thinking about money for a long time. I have been thinking about my money since my mom told me that I had to be super frugal and take extra, you know, paper towels from nice restaurants sticking my, <laughs> my bag. So, yes, money has been top of mind. I think, I think you know, some people, um, some people grow up in households where money is taboo. You don't talk about yeah, yeah. it. But we talked about it a lot. But in the sense of save, save, save. Right. And not everybody gets that perspective. And so I think. And you listened, though. I did, but to a fault. I mean, my book is about happiness. It's yeah. about balance. And so my parents being uber frugal made me really cheap. <laughs> so right. when I married my husband, he said, you're the cheapest person in Canada. You know, I'm the person standing in line for 20 minutes because I want a free popsicle at the festival. Right. You put a value on your time because you know what? According to research, people who value time over money, they're happier people. Right. And so there's me driving around to save two cents on gas looking for the best price. And you know what? Maybe that's not the best use of my resources, including and, my time. And, and what was the, what, I mean, meeting your husband, you talk about that when he called you the cheapest person in Canada, which I lovingly, find, I find, lovingly. yeah, lovingly, yes, lovingly. It was a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but has that changed then? Did that make you rethink things a little bit? Oh, absolutely. He is the opposite of me mm. in every way. And so, I, I mean, studies show that spenders often marry people who are very frugal. That's interesting. I don't, yeah. I, I'm, who knows why that is, but Everyone thinks, yeah, you get to balance each other out. Somebody's having fun now. Somebody's saving for fun for right. the future. Yeah. But uh, further research shows that that actually creates a lot of conflict. Right. Because you have very different values. Yeah. And money problems create a lot of relationship conflict. And so that's something to deal with. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that there's only a few things. People will forgive most anything. Ultimately, you know, but I know from, from working in the restaurant business for a long time, there's two things you don't mess with, people's money and their food. It's a very personal thing. And yeah. it's not just money. It's not dollars and cents, right? Money is tied to vanity, yep. your, your pride, and, and, you know, all these other things. So when somebody judges you on money, they're judging you based on who you are. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my, my marriage to my husband has changed my perspective on how I handle money. Uh from a more holistic, like a, a bigger picture kind of right. thing. As in, I try not to nickel and dime myself. I try to allocate money for the things that I think will get bring us joy. And the other thing that happened, which really changed my perspective on money, um, and is the reason why I wrote this book, is shortly after we got married, I had we had permadated for ten years. Yeah, before, yeah. So I know I knew this person. Oh, we did fourteen before we got married. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we, there's no. I thought there are no surprises coming now, yeah. and so we. Uh, I got married in 2014, and a few months after we got married, my husband tried sleeping pills because he was going away with guy friends, right. and he he doesn't he didn't even take Tylenol before that. He doesn't yeah. take he doesn't take medication, and he had a horrible reaction to it. And what it spiraled into um, deep depression yeah. and anxiety and suicidal ideation. He was hospitalized, and before this. He's the happy one. Yeah. Like people say, I'm cheerful, but he was happy. He loves practical jokes. He was, he could make anybody laugh until they cry. And um, in that time, I just thought, I I don't, I have have nothing. I have nothing. I can't do anything, but I can be happy. I can learn how to be happy for both of us. And so I went to wellness retreats. I went to Buddhist temples. I read every book I could find on positive psychology, on resilience. 
I tried mood in, mood boosting anti-inflammatory diets. Yeah, I was yeah. doing mantras all over my wall. And this this book is a culmination of everything I learned about happiness and trying to be happy from a scientific perspective and everything that I know about money. Right. And it was interesting because nobody talked about money in my journey. Right? Everybody just said, you know, you need more gratitude exercises. You need right. more acts of kindness. But I thought, you know, you know, the whole world right now is outside trying to buy happiness, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to marry those things and have a discussion. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes cliches are cliches because they're true. And the cliche is money doesn't buy happiness. And I think that if you speak with people who've spent their entire lives in pursuit of money, it can offer creature comforts that might make your life a little easier in some ways. I mentioned the 10,000 count sheets, <laughs> thread sheets. But, but Does that even exist? No, it doesn't. I just made that up. Because <laughs> I, I want to try these. Yeah. Where do I get these? <laughs> but... Um, uh, you know, I, I, you can get that stuff. You can, you can, yes. if you can afford it, you can buy it in, you know, you have a comfortable mattress. So hopefully you sleep better. But if you're not happy, ultimately, it's money is not going to change that. No, there are and people with no money who are extraordinarily happy. Yeah, and there are people with a lot of money who are extraordinarily uh, yeah. miserable. Yeah, right. I mean, um, the the example that I often use is as Marcus Persons, who sold uh, Minecraft right. to Microsoft. And he, you know, it was he has a candy wall. He bought the house that Beyonce was going to buy, yeah. and uh, he had a series of tweets that were basically saying, "Hey, partying in a pizza." Yeah, never felt so isolated. Yeah. in my life, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 I do think, and I appreciate that you may also have this perspective, but you never know what's coming in life. Right. And so my husband and I, after we got married, we didn't do it because we thought a storm was coming, but mm-hmm. we bought, you know, this this sliver of a townhouse with triangular shaped rooms. You can't fit beds well, in those I rooms. Know. I've looked at those. You can't. There's it, nothing it, you I, can do what, with them. What, yeah. I just put a cot in here. I'll sleep in a corner. And, but we bought it's it. It's all corners though. That's the thing. <laughs> There's more corners than usual. But yeah. it was affordable yeah. and it wasn't my dream home, but we yeah. bought it because we could afford it on one income. And uh, we thought maybe one of us would stay home with a kid one day. And I got disability insurance in case one of us could not work. We ha- we pooled some emergency funds. They weren't called emergency funds yeah. at the time. It was just extra money in case, you know, we had, um, you know, who knows what happens. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. And when we, after we got married, we thought, you know, we're going to skip the honeymoon because I don't want debt. Right. right. And those choices were the choices that sheltered us through this storm. Right. I wasn't afraid of losing my house. I wasn't afraid of not being able to pay my debt and having debt collectors banging on my door. Yeah, yeah. My husband and I could focus on what was truly important. Which was his health and, and, and wellness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we've just got a couple of minutes left in this segment. I'm speaking with Happy Go Money author uh, Melissa Leung, uh, available everywhere you buy books, Amazon.ca, all that sort of thing. Happy Go Money, spend smart, save right, and enjoy life. Uh, let's talk about um, some of the, the, the kind of nuts and bolts of all this sort of thing. So in terms of spending, what kind of things can we spend on that will make us the happiest? Okay. So we're not talking retail therapy here. We're just talking about things. And you touched on some of them, I think, just in your last answer. Yes. And so very, uh, very briefly, one of them is experiences. So mm-hmm. experiences bond us with other people. That's what makes, makes us happier. And material goods are often enjoyed alone. Uh, you get a greater bang for your buck because you are enjoying it and talking about it later, yeah. even though what happens in Vegas should stay in Vegas. You yeah. remember it and yeah. it brings goodwill. Uh, the second thing is time savers. So people value time over money. 
that will bring you joy. And so in the ultimate purchase of time, I left my $65,000 a year salary uh, at a newspaper to buy basically 2,610 more hours with my son. And I've never regretted it. And uh, finally, the third thing that I would say that that you can send money on that will actually, scientifically, according to research, will bring you more joy is other people. So if you give to charity, worldwide surveys show that whether you're rich, whether you're poor, you will feel more satisfied with life and you will actually feel wealthier. And there are people out there listening right now that will say, oh, the millennials, they're experiential. (laughs) (laughs) But they got it. That's what makes people happy and people are... uh, uh, retailers are, are putting coffee shops in, in their stores and, yeah. and providing concerts as extra, as extra experiences as, as a way to, to uh, reward that part of your life. Yeah, yeah, to build a life rather than just sort of sit around and, and let collect. life happen around you. Yeah, collect, oh, collect stuff, yeah. you know. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with uh, author Melissa Leung. The book is called Happy Go Money. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, like the, the stuff that, all, the, that I start to hear womp, 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 the, when the financial advisors uh, talk to me about things. How can paying down debt make you happier? Uh, you know, what are the two financial planning tips that will maximize happiness? Uh, you know, how can we safeguard our happiness down the road when it comes to making personal finance decisions? We'll get to all that stuff uh, when we come back. The book is called Happy Go Money. Uh, check it out. I keep wanting to say Happy Go Lucky because I love that movie with Sally Hawkins. <laughs> but it's Happy Go Money. It's in stores right now. Stay with us. Welcome back. We all want to be happy and money can play an important role in helping us get more joy out of life. That's what author Melissa Leung says. She is the author of Happy Go Money. Spend smart, save right, and enjoy life uh, in bookstores right now and Amazon.ca and anywhere that you buy fine books. Now, we have talked about the importance of money. We've talked about how it doesn't necessarily make you happy. We've talked about your personal experiences and some of mine in terms of, of changing our lives, the catalyst that made you write this book. Let's talk about some nuts and bolts stuff now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, it's not scary, I promise. It, well, it's not scary, but it kind of, it, it really does freak people out talking does, about money. I, I know, I know. So what are the two financial planning tips that will maximize happiness? Okay, so... You have to start by looking at what you are doing now. And I know that's what freaks people out. People want to bury their heads in the sand. They just, oh, I make money. It's all going to be fine now. I don't want you to. But I promise this part doesn't sound like fun because it sounds like I'm telling you to budget. Yeah. <laughs> but the B word. No one's yeah. saying that you have to budget every single day and say, oh, I just bought some breath mints. Let me just put that. Let me put that input right. that into my phone. But if you just take, you know, just take some time to look back at the last month or the last two months of your inflow and outflow. Just look at your bank account and just get a sense of, okay, well, this is how much money that comes in. This is how much money that goes out. And this money goes to fixed expenses, you know, things that you need to do, like pay your mortgage, pay your apartment, uh, your rent. Uh, This is maybe some meaningful saving that I can do. I'll put some money to, you know, uh, the, the future, maybe some retirement, maybe some debt repayment. And okay, I'm going to allocate some money to fun. Right. I actually separate those pools of money. I have money coming out of my main checking account that pays my bills, so no one's, you know, there's no checks bouncing. Yeah, yeah. And a separate flow goes into a checking account that's associated with a debit card. And if there's money in that account, I spend it. Right. Richard, we're going for lunch after. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll pay for it because guess what? Money in my spending (laughs) account. And that makes it a lot 
it, it makes it a lot <sighs> there's less stress with that there's yeah. less guilt associated with that right so is that one of the things i mean we talk about uh you say, okay, you don't have to budget when you buy the breath mints and, and that's when you don't have to write it all down. Uh, one thing that I know, and I hear this from people all the time, is they open their visa bill and they go, my God, what's going on with this? I had no idea that I spent 7500 bucks last month on the credit card. Right. That's where but, you have to start thinking the, about that, that's right? where we're looking at that. The, I'm, I'm not going to call it a budget. I'm going to call it a, a just sort of a spending analysis yeah. or a spending plan. <laughs> That's where looking at yeah. that, you know, a couple months back will give you some perspective. Right. And it, I'm, no one's saying, hey, don't buy your latte. I'm not into yeah. that, you know, because if you maybe the latte makes you really, really happy. It's part yeah. of your, you know, routine. You love it. Then expect it. Build it into your happy fund, your, you know, your spending account. But maybe look at some other stuff where you thought, oh, wait a minute. Why am I still paying for this? For the subscription mm-hmm. to yoga pants, I don't do, don't even go to the gym. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of there are a lot of places you can pull money from and allocate it to the things that are actually valuable in your life, right? And, yeah, and, and so that's the first thing to do. Yeah, and the other second thing to do is part of that that you know looking at your 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 inflow and outflow also has to give you a little perspective about, well, where can I put money to the future? Because, right. yes, you want to be happy now, but you need to be happy for the future as yeah. well. That's the same person. I mean, research shows that we see our future selves as strangers. You know, there's this great this great study where they they say, hey, you want to drink this disgusting concoction of soy sauce and, and ketchup or something? Yeah. And, they, and you say, no, but maybe future me will. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Well, so... Uh, uh, I get it. You think, well, I'm not going to save money for that person. That person's you. Yeah. So you do need to think of, and, you know, emergency and, funds for the future, retirement for the future. And that person will be you sooner than you think. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it yes. happens fast. Or not even that, but future you could be next week when your cat eats dental floss yeah. and surgery is $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, what? How can paying down debt make you happier? There is no greater happiness killer than debt mm-hmm. out of a out of 56 of life's most stressful events getting into debt beyond means of repayment ranks very high yeah. higher than a period of homelessness higher than yeah. your spouse cheating on you it's right? actually number five and so yes if you tackle your debt you will be happier and it will also set you up uh, for the future, it'll it'll prepare you for anything you know that 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 may come around that you didn't expect. That's un that you know may throw you for a loop because yep. if you're in debt, you may go further into debt, yep. right? And it, I, when it, I used it can to, be an easy spiral, yeah, absolutely. And um, we may have overlapped a little bit when we were at the Toronto Star, and at the yep. time, I wrote a lot of stories about about poverty, about homelessness, and a lot of the people that I interviewed met they they weren't in dire straits because they didn't know the retirement mm-hmm. tax rules, yeah. they yeah. were regular people, maybe living pay- paycheck to paycheck, yeah. and then a series of life events just pushed them over the edge, yeah. right? And as we both spoke about at different parts of the show, the life events that can happen ha- can happen quickly and can happen unexpectedly. When I was diagnosed with cancer, the event, if you missed it, the event that changed my life completely, uh, I was fine. I had no symptoms. I was I was okay, and I was you know seconds away from something really terrible happening, and right. and and I didn't know it, and it changed significantly changed uh, the next year or in a bit of my life after that. 
And I think people say, Melissa, your book's about happiness and you're talking about doom and gloom. I don't want to think about doom and gloom. That's depressing. But I think, no, 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 wait, wait, you got to think about how, what a stress reliever will be to know, well, you know what, whatever comes, I got it. Yeah, we can handle this. It'll be fine. Because there is a chapter in my book that talks about bulletproofing your happiness. You're happy now. You think things are good. Well, you know, let's ensure that you're going to be happy for, for uh, whatever comes. The book is called Happy Go Money. The author is Melissa Leung. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, How much do you think that we need in emergency money tucked away? It's going to be different for everybody, but it is a question that comes up. For sure. I mean, personal finance is called personal because it's up to you. And so I think you looking at your lifestyle and do you have a stable job? You know, are you, do you, you you backed by a union? You have a lot of money in the bank and maybe you can have a little bit less money saved. I mean, the the magic number that people throw around is about three months worth of living expenses. So if you lose your job, something happens, you can float yourself for three months. If your furnace breaks and it's 10 G's to replace it, you have money to do that without going into your, into, into too much debt. Or if you have a really big line of credit, but you also have, you know, your mom can help you, or maybe you've got some um, investments that you can just easily sell off or whatever it is, then sure, you can have less money in an, in a, a uh, high interest savings account and maybe use your uh, line of credit to help yeah. you in an emergency. Even though personally, I think that when you're, you know, in a storm, taking on more debt is just, just punching more holes in your boat. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, everybody, to, but, to each their own, I mean, everyone's going to have a different strategy. But if you're somebody who is a freelancer, uh, you don't have a lot of savings, you are already in debt, yeah. then you need to tackle your debt and build up that emergency fund. You might need more than three months because it's your life is more precarious. There's, yeah. It's a lot of unknowns, right? And you got to prep for that. And I think as we uh, move forward, generally speaking, as a society, we are getting more and more into the era of the gig economy, mm-hmm. of people that don't have pensions, of people that, that don't have the social nets that, that are, perhaps our parents did and, and their parents. It's, it's a, a, a much different way of working now. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm really glad that. that you brought that up because there is a lot more precarious work now. Yeah. People are having, trying to sew, you know, three jobs together to make one full-time yeah. salary, yeah. right? Um, and so, because my book is also about happiness, <laughs> I'm, I'm, to po- a positive spin on that is that also gives you a lot more flexibility. Yeah. And it gives you, it gives you more power and control over yeah. how much money you can or cannot make. Um, but, you know, you also have to... Uh, take a little bit more control over that money because you don't have a, a, a you know, a big company socking away money for you. That's right. Yeah. Or you do, may not have a, a you know, a, dis- a tenured position as a professor, or whatever. Yes. It might be. Or yeah. disability insurance mm-hmm. that's built in. You need to get that for yourself, right? Yeah. So it's just just some things to think about. So as we as we wrap things up, the book is called Happy Go Money. Uh, Melissa Leung is the author. We've been talking about happiness uh, and and as it relates to money and vice versa, money as it relates to happiness. And I remember I interviewed Brian Cranston uh, a while ago, and and we were talking about the entirety of his career, and he struggled for many many years, uh, working. You know, he'd do guest shots on Seinfeld and then not work for a year afterwards, that kind of thing. And he told me, he said, listen, I've been rich and I've been poor and I can tell you that rich is ever is, is better. But then he said, but it isn't everything. And that is ultimately kind of maybe the message of your book. I, I think that the point is to make life rich. Right. And there are many things that 
that that will help you do that, not just going out there and working yourself to the bone. So yeah. you need to figure out, you know, what you truly value in life and then allocate your resources to those things. So, for example, you think, I'm going to take this job. It pays more, but you know what? It's an hour-long commute each way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, studies show that commuting actually makes people really miserable. Yeah. And so that is also something to factor in. And so I've spoken to professors who thought I was going to take on this job. It would pay me this much more money over the weekend. But then I thought of the time that it would take away from my family. That's not important to me. Yeah, for me, I've I have absolutely not taken jobs because of uh, location, because of that's only because I don't want to spend hours in traffic. Because I know some people can do it, and at this radio station, we get people calling in all the time, going, "Oh, I listen to a podcast. Right? It's an ama- It's my right. downtime. I know kids are screaming at me. I've got all that. But for me, and for me personally, and I can only speak for myself, it doesn't work for me. And that's and that's all the that the that's all I'm asking in the book is for you to have a conversation with yep. yourself about okay what is it that really fulfills me what 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 would make me happy and let's try to spend our money there and guess I do have scientific studies to back up well this is what makes most people yeah, happy yeah. that doesn't mean it's just it's for everyone right but at least ask. The author is Melissa Leung. The book is called Happy Go Money, Spend Smart, Save Right, and Enjoy Life. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Andre on the board.